Hey, what's good, what's good, what's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ, the road podcast presented by DJ City. Big shout to DJ City. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. Unfortunately, my other hosts, DJ Never, DJ D-Miles, and Jamie the Great are not with me. As this coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic continues, we continue to be in self-isolation, self-quarantined. We're now getting through our first week, approaching our second week of self-quarantine. And um, hopefully after that second week, we'll be able to record all together in person but you know we'll take it one day at a time and see exactly what's going on because there's changes happening every day but i'm gonna make sure to end the episode with those guys and check in with them otherwise we're gonna continue to push forward i got a couple guests uh lined up for today i'm gonna uh hit up a couple homies dj homies from out of town who are also club owners i'm gonna get their perspective on what's going on right now with you know all these businesses shutting down and you know how it is for them as djs and club owners Hey, what's good, fellas? What's good, man? Yo. Um, so for all our listeners here, we got um we got DJ Evil One from Portland. Um, he actually owns a few a few uh businesses out out there in Portland. You got Century Bar, Twenty West Third, is that right? Tube yep. Cent- Century, Tube, Maxwell, Fortune, and Revelry. Revelry is like an Asian restaurant. The other ones like bars yep. and nightclubs and stuff like that, right? Yep. And totally. then, and then you have like a like what is this like a music trust? Is that like a yeah? The music trust. We program DJs and bands for hotels and venues all around the country too. All right, cool. These are all your businesses, huh? You're a busy guy. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And yep. <laughs> and then we got my boy Nugget in Pittsburgh, and uh, you're an owner of the the Goldmark Bar and Scenario Nightclub. Yes. So you started with the bar and then you opened the nightclub later. Correct. All right, cool. And then we got Chris. From Bruno's, San Francisco, notoriously known on the West Coast. You got a lot of good DJs filtering through there. Like uh, yep. last time I saw you, there was Miles Medina. You guys have Jay Espinosa and all these guys there regularly. Um, right. uh, first off, thanks, thanks guys for coming on and uh, pause and uh, and speaking with me about this. What, what's going on right now and how you guys are getting affected as djs and i mean from a dj's perspective but most importantly from a business owner's perspective you know what i mean so i know that san francisco right now you guys are on full lockdown right chris right yep you guys cannot go outside unless you know you guys gotta what like if unless it's an emergency you gotta like pick up supplies or groceries or whatnot right yeah we're we're uh we're at a, what's called the in shelter lockdown which basically everybody is required to stay inside unless you need to go get essential supplies, food, um, you know, you're allowed to go take a walk if you want to, to get some exercise, but nothing crazy. Yeah. So, um, all, all non-essential businesses have been forced to close. Is, is everyone, everyone complying or no over there? Um, I, I mean, I think so for the most part, I was just out earlier to get some food, but, uh, there weren't a lot of cars on the road. Yeah. There was a long line of in and out though. When they drive through. When did uh <laughs> well not everyone complying, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> when did you guys all close? When did you guys end up closing? And what and I, I actually I actually want to know what was the deciding factor to make you guys close? What like what triggered your response to say, yeah, I gotta I gotta close? You know what I okay, mean? Okay, well I, I closed um we're only open on the uh weekends to the public and we have you know, during the week we have private events and things like that, but I basically closed to the public right before last weekend. So I didn't open on Friday and um, it was kind of a, one of those decisions where I thought maybe I would open, but try to keep it as, you know, as safe as possible for everybody. And then as you start learning more and more things about how um, 
people are affected, how Italy's doing, um, and what we need to do to make sure that you know hospitals aren't inundated, healthcare workers are safe. You start to realize that your you know only option is to close. Right. That's really the only way that you can keep people safe. So I did that last week. Mm. And then what about you, uh, Evil? You, I mean, Evil, you got you got like a ton of like that's that's a that's a big undertaking to close all those. It is, and so uh, my wife and I just went about and called every employee personally one by one and just asked them, are you comfortable to work? How do you feel? Are you healthy? And everyone wanted to work like, you know, in, in this industry, if you're not working, you're not making tips and you're not getting paid. So that was, that was everyone's like first worry was whether they could feed themselves. As, as a business then, owner, as you guys, as business owners, do you care about, I mean, I know you guys got to juggle two things, right? You got to juggle the safety of, I mean, more than two things. You got to juggle the safety of your employees, the safeties of the customers. Totally. And, and then just the safety of like people at large and right, high risk populations exactly. that like, that we don't even know, but we could be passing it on to by being open. Mm -hmm. So on Sunday, um, my business partner, one of my places, he actually has 20 restaurants and he hit me up and was like, I think I need to close. I went out last night and I went to a couple of my spots and they were packed like shoulder to shoulder and like people are just like not taking this shit seriously. So it's on us. If the government's not going to step in, we have to step in. And I was right. like, I'm with you. So yeah. I just started calling everyone and was like, yo, we have emergency um, unemployment insurance set up and we have to just like shut down immediately and try to get our workers paid as quickly as possible. But also um try to get everyone else to close down because the governor like sat on her hands for 48 more hours and didn't close everyone down so right it was kind of a crazy developing situation so when did you guys exactly close or when did you guys like pretty much finish everything sunday up? sunday on sunday yeah wow crazy and what about you nugget man what was going yes. on in pittsburgh so this past weekend it's really it was really crazy for us because it's like the biggest busiest weekend of the whole year in the city it's saint patrick's day weekend oh yeah we have like one of the biggest St. Patrick's Day weekends in the whole country. And we kept getting conflicting advice from the city. And obviously the federal government wasn't doing anything. Right. So when the city gave us the thumbs up to stay open, we stayed open. But on Sunday morning when we woke up, we realized real quick that we were going to have to close. So we closed everything on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. How was that logistically? Was that a, a big thing? And, you know, how was that decision for you guys? Oh, yeah, it's huge. I mean, I'm sure all these guys know. I mean, the amount of overhead that you have and then shutting down and unemployment and everything that comes along with it. Right. It's a, ni it's a nightmare. I mean, we're just, we're still taking it day to day, you know? Yeah. Because like a bar staff, like a nightclub staff, it's, you know, it's really like a tight, close family, right? Knowing that you have to like protect your business. Like how much can you do for these guys? You don't, you know, you basically just got to let them go and let them collect unemployment. Right. That's the most you can do. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, um, there's a bunch of programs getting put into place in Pittsburgh. I'm sure you guys are seeing this too in your cities, but there, there's a bunch of uh, different restaurants and places coming together now and, and chefs and different people in the industry coming together to yeah. provide service industry people with free meals, um, free deliveries for meals, uh, almost like food drive stuff too, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. um, and it seems like more and more is popping up every day. Yeah, because a lot of people don't understand that even when they're collecting unemployment, the business is paying for like half of that. Because when, when, you know, when I had a retail brick and mortar, we had unemployment, I was still paying half of their check. Yeah, and sometimes, sure. they, sometimes they just think it magically comes from the government. Right. As of right now, what kind of support are you guys getting from the government? Because I know it can be nerve-wracking because you're looking, I mean, are you guys... You know, are you guys worried about like paying rent? Is there, is there anything, is there any conversations about utilities or 
or taxes or any you know what i'm saying like property taxes or anything that you guys have to like pay for and and deal with right now or you or you guys kind of like uh, I think the city's going to take care of it. Well, for us in Portland, I'm lobbying the mayor and the governor to put some programs in place to try to mitigate that because as of right now, nobody's really stepped up unless you're unless you're like an airline or a cruise industry or you know whatever they deem too big to fail. But service industry people, people in the gig economy have been mostly ignored so far. So yeah. I feel like I'm just trying to be as loud as possible to be heard for that. And the same thing in, in San Francisco as well. Um, I think everywhere it's, I think it's, too uh, early to know exactly how we're going to be helped by the government. Um, but we have, you know, people that are working on it, trying to get together to lobby the city and state government to help us. But as far as, you know, our overhead goes, yeah, I mean, everything is, everything's due. I mean, we're fortunate, at least at Bruno's, that we actually own the building, but, you know, mm -hmm. we still have a, oh, nice. a, a mortgage and uh, all these other things that, you know, we're going to have to try to, refinance, um, maybe take some equity out to help pay for things. Um, as I was saying earlier, uh, you know, maybe we can use this time to maybe do a little just light remodeling just to make sure, just to make sure that we actually do our best to take advantage of the situation. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, as of, as of now, we're not getting any assistance from the government at all. So you guys being DJs and stuff, did you guys have to send the email out to all your DJs and let them know? that the, all the gigs are canceled and stuff like that. How would, like, did, did you guys feel anything when you sent that email? Like, being a DJ, like, oh, fuck, this is going to suck. I think most people, I think most DJs expected it um, by the time that uh, I had conversations with them, you know? Yeah. But uh, really, really, I really just had to speak to uh, the DJs that I canceled for last weekend. Mm -hmm. So, and, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken to all of them off and on, um, I've been communicating with all of them, but uh, I think they—I think everybody's just expected it for the most part. What about you, got What about you, Nugget? Yeah, um, it was terrible. Uh, you know, we work with like every local DJ pretty much between both our spots. Um, yeah, sending that text out on Sunday to everybody one by one wasn't wasn't fun at all. You know, we kind of—I kind of let the guys that I'm super close with in on it a little bit early, like late. Uh, before last weekend started, I said, you know, this is already starting to seem like it's going to get way out of control. And I said, go stock up your cribs and, you know, get yourself some food. Cause I know some of the guys don't take care of themselves too well, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Sending that, sending the text out on Sunday, to all the DJs with, that have residencies at both my spots wasn't fun. And then we also worked with a ton of promoters too, that had still had out of town, uh guests lined up that hadn't canceled sure. um as as recent as this friday we had a big show uh like a electronic music show from two guys from chicago and and i kept waiting for them to pull the plug on it on sunday and no one ever said anything to me so i had to reach out to the promoters and basically say like hey you know this is looking like we're gonna have to shut everything down so you might want to reach out to all your oh wow connects. and is there insurance to cover that shit kind of or not really Hell no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've already gotten denied. Like they're like, "Hey, sorry, we have a virus exclusion." I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, what uh, do I pay you guys for?" I saw you yeah. post. A, I, I saw you post something like that, Chris. Right about yeah. a clause. Yeah, I, I posted the uh, actually. I posted the page out of our out of our policy that deals with that. Wow. Um, just uh, you know, we we pay for uh, loss of income for any catastrophe except there is a virus exclusion and that's it that's apparently a common um 
a common exclusion in a commercial policy. So, you know, I mean, it, insurance companies are smart. They're going to do everything they can to <laughs> find a way not to pay. You know, having been a DJ, all of you guys, you do all of you guys still DJ in, in the clubs that you're at or yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Are you guys opening and closing headlining or how does that work now? Do you guys even want a headline anymore? <laughs> like, <nah>. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah? Just like, uh, are you guys, I know, I know, uh, what do you call it? Chris, you, you open, that's like your slot, the opening slot a little bit, right? I love that. He kills it. Yeah. Oh, that shit is so you fun. You can't take it away from me. Yeah. The last time actually, um, uh, evil one was at Bruno's. We just tag team all night and had the best time. Hey, okay. And, Pause. uh, and that's basically what, I mean, <laughs> you know, Bruno's is not really your typical, like, huge nightclub or anything like that it's yeah. more of just like a really large bar with djs so we kind of have the i really want the guests to know that it's very open and you know the djs to know that they can pretty much do whatever they want as long as they're having a good time and the crowd's having a good time so um so i do i actually do enjoy you know spinning at my own place um i'll go all night i, I typically don't because i try to give as many as much work to djs as possible but yeah yeah we're always just having a good time so I, I still love DJing. Nugget, I still see you uh, on the wheels. I see you doing that shit. You uh, have, yeah, I'm still, I'm still playing. For you're sure. head, you're yeah. headlining, though. You're putting yourself in the headline spot a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get he that paid shine. the cost. <laughs> yeah, hell right. yeah. It, it happens sometimes. But like, yeah, I had a gig this past week where it was actually on Saturday, and the headliner on St. Patrick's Day is a local guy. But he he just had a brand new he just had a newborn baby oh. and he hit me up pretty last minute and was like dude I'm not gonna be able to make it in and I was like it's cool I was like you're lucky because I'm in the club and I can DJ for you so <laughs> totally it's not bad have you guys done it's that nice before have you guys like had to cover your nights last minute and just be like yeah no problem I'll just fucking spin totally yeah I'll play yeah, I'll play all night like maybe like three nights a month yeah I don't have it in me like I used to be when I was a younger fellow but. I still like to get out there and, and do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are still uh, like payrolling yourselves out, kind of ten ninety nine yourselves, or what? How does that work? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm an independent <laughs> contractor in my own place. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you guys are doing? Oh man, you guys are, you guys are taking it from both sides now, man. It's like a fucking double team. Hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> so no, like, it's it's weird because I always felt like I'm you know multifaceted and I have so many streams of income, but. Everything that I, as far as, you know, DJing and, and being a business owner, a consultant, uh, owning a nightclub, and also my graphic design work, all of that's done. So I'm basically incomeless for however long this lasts for. Yeah. I've put all my eggs into the, uh, into the Same. basket. How did, how, yeah. I, I mean, how does that feel? Like, I, 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 I am, you know, me, myself, I got the <laughs> podcast, I DJ, I do some consulting design work, and then I got new and then I, I do a lot of shit. And then when this happened and uh and I canceled my gigs this past weekend, um, I kind of felt uh like I didn't want to do anything. And it was a kind of a nice feeling to just not do anything. Because being business yeah. owners, you guys never have like a weekend. Do you know what I mean? Like never. you don't, you don't have we don't have days off. You know, like, you know, even when I remember when I had the brick and mortar store, like, you know, people would call in sick. Like, I could never call in sick. Like, you guys can't. We can't call in sick. You know what I mean? So totally. So I feel like when this all happened and I had the weekend and, you know, I wasn't I was just like, I was like, wow, this is kind of amazing because I don't think any of us would ever have this much downtime ever. 
That's true. Nah. Yeah, to kind of do totally. whatever we wanted and to spend time with, you know, you guys, with your family. Go ahead. We can do whatever we want as long as we don't leave the house. It's yeah. kind of a weird, it's like we have all the free time in the world right now, but like we're so limited on what we could do. I think you just got to make the most out of every situation. So it's like, we can't really control this. Like why, why like sit around and, and mourn when you can just, you know, look to the future and try to be positive. Uh, I'm spending as much time with my wife as possible, which is really nice because she runs the businesses with me and half yeah. the time her and I are split and running around like crazy people. So it's been, it's been nice. It's been chill. Um, and then, you know, the reality the situation sets in and you're like, Oh shit, I still have all these bills piling up right now and yeah. no income. Coming in. You know, it's getting, it's like, I try to be as optimistic about it as I can and I'm enjoying it right now, but it, we're only on really day three. Mm-hmm. um here anyway for for the quarantine yeah so you know it's i'm not gonna lie it's nice like yesterday we were working on like a new cocktail menu and making drinks at the house like we never do that we don't even have liquor at our house half the time yeah know? as of now i mean i have i have kind of been enjoying being lazy and just hanging out with the kids and watching movies and stuff but i know that i mean like like Meg was just saying it's only day three for yeah. us like and it's i know i'm just gonna get sick of it i'm gonna get like stir crazy so mm-hmm. i have no clue what i'm going to do i mean i have a lot of different interests you know i mean i wouldn't be surprised if every morning i wake up and start day trading or something like that just to just to mess around um but i don't know i have i have no clue right now and i don't, I don't think it's i don't think it's necessarily important to know what we're going to do at this point i think it's funny that all of you guys are pretty much actively you know you guys are business owners but you're actively in the dj community you know, you guys left like never left, you know, like uh, Chris and, you know, Eric, I see you on Twitter a lot. You know, you guys have a lot of opinions. Light pulls are, up. Yeah. <laughs> I said like throwing <laughs> a lot of shit out there. And, I, and I'm kind of saying like, you know, being a DJ and then being a business owner and then looking at these other DJs and how, you know, having to like, I don't know if you're managing them, but basically monitoring them and scheduling them. You know, how is that now? Do you see it differently? Do you just see them like, oh, my God. Look at these fucking guys or I not for me. It's like all of my rooms are a different size and I know which ones will make me the most money at each place. So I always like schedule them like according to who is going to make me the most money. I hate, mm. I hate to make it sound like that, but it's like, like my dude Phenom who moved out here from Chicago. Yeah. Great DJ. Great. DJ. A great DJ. Like he's the, he's the dude that like, if a night's slow, I'll move him over there and I know it'll get busier. So it's mm-hmm. like, I kind of move around like chess pieces to like try to, you know, maximize the the revenue that's crazy what about uh, you always you always say eric that uh there's not that many good djs in portland right i mean there's actually a lot of really good djs in portland but everyone has like a certain niche that they're really good at and it's like a guy like phenom can play edm or hip-hop and kill it or open format 80s 90s like whatever djs that can do that there weren't really venues here for people to come up doing that. So I feel like that stunted the growth of a lot of guys where it's like, there's really good house DJs. There's really good hip hop DJs, but like being able to cross over is, has been tough. What about you? Uh, nugget? How's it managing and, and juggling all these DJs and having to deal with writers and shit? Is it writers? Nobody here has a writer. Yeah. You get the S nine. Yeah, exactly. They get the S nine no matter what. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they're psyched to get, you know, a handful of drink tokens and bring their friends in and have some drinks, which is great. You know what I mean? But, um, like I said, most of them, Pittsburgh's so small. Most of them were my friends before I even opened the spots. So, right. I, you know, I agree with evil too. You know what I mean? Like I have guys that 
do certain things really well and I have other guys that do other things really well. And, you know, the nightclub is the nightclub. We're more of just a pretty much a mainstream nightclub. If we're doing something really off the wall or different, like we do a lot of EDM shows, but I work with outside promoters for those. So they kind of bring their own people in for those. And it's like a world that now I'm getting kind of more absorbed in and I'm learning a lot more about, mm -hmm. which is cool. But my other bar, Goldmark, it's kind of something different every night. And on the weekends, it's just open format. So on the weekends, you know, to be perfectly honest, like in the weekends, we make most of our money on the weekends. And the guys that I have booked there on Friday and Saturday night are the guys that they can, just like Evil was saying, they can hit anything. They can kind of feel out a crowd. That's the most important thing to me on the weekends. Can you read a room? Sometimes we get groups of kids from Carnegie Mellon University on a Friday that all they want to hear is house music. And I have guys that can do that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But then they can switch it on a dime and play hip hop, which is, which is good. But yeah. I mean, to get back to your question, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much still really close with all the DJs here, and we're like a big family here, so. Where do you think, where do you think this is going to go? How long do you think it's going to last in your city? Because I think, I think Vegas, to me, in my opinion, I've said this, I said this in the last episode, I, I think Vegas is going to get through it a little bit quicker. It's a smaller city, smaller population. Once the strip is shut down, I mean, there's not, we're so spread out here that uh i feel like we can contain it here rather 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 quickly um but i, I want to know like you know san francisco portland pittsburgh i mean w when do you think you guys are going to be in the clear and then i also think there's going to be you know i don't know about a month or two before people feel comfortable going back out again you know and, and then feeling comfortable and getting back into business and then is 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 the money going to be spent like it was before? Are people going to have the funds to, to go out like that? What's going to have to change, do you think, in the scene? You know what I mean? I just kind of want to see what you guys are projecting in the next six months or eight months or a year for the rest of the year. I mean, if you look at like who goes out to bars a lot, it's service industry people, and they're laid off from work right now, sitting up, not making money. So, yeah, it's going to take a while for everything to ramp back up. Mm -hmm. Schools here are closed until May, so... I feel like we have at least six more weeks of bars being closed too. And then after that, probably another month or two. So it'll probably be July, August before things even sort of look like normal, which is a long fucking time. You think that I, it might happen a little quicker in San, Fr San Francisco or what? What do you think, Chris? Um, possibly. Um, I mean, I think that what's considered safe will be determined by the government and what they let us do. Um, as far as getting back into business, you know, uh, Part of the, I think a majority of the people that work in, in San Francisco, even though there's a lot of service industry workers that aren't getting paid, a majority are still people that are still getting paid right now and have a salary. I think that they'll probably be really itching to go back out as soon as, say, that I'm able to reopen. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily know if it's, uh, if it's how good it's going to be. You know, I may have to lower prices on mm -hmm. drinks or or whatever i i mean we're projected to have like a 20 percent unemployment rate which is pretty close to what it was for the great depression so right there's absolutely totally. no way of knowing uh how it's going to be when we start easing back into it but i i think it's it's interesting what you just said though that that your city is a tech city so a lot of people can work remotely whereas yeah. a lot of other cities they'd be completely you know unemployed you know what i mean so you guys might pick up a little bit quicker than others. That's maybe. true. Yeah, we might pick up a little bit quicker. But I know that a huge amount of the businesses um, that are that are closed will probably not be able to reopen. Right. Some of the bars, restaurants, 
clubs, they won't have the funds to do it. It'll really? be really hard for them to, to do that. So that's the scary um, thing, right? Is uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> wow. And then what, what about you in Pittsburgh over there, Nugget? So I don't know. Like, I wish that I could get a gauge on, you know, what was going on in China now since they made all of their, um, you know, huge quarantine decisions and right. where they're at right now. Mm -hmm. But I got to be honest with you, I'm we're kind of preparing for the worst. I, I think we're going to feel this for at least a year. I'm not saying that we won't be open in a few months, maybe, hopefully, but... I think as far as people going out, I mean, I'm seeing like devastating impacts here on people that I know. I mean, my wife and I, you know, the first night, whenever we close, we are already having discussions about, and we're lucky because Pittsburgh is relatively cheap, Like we own the building that our first bar is in. We have tenants that live above it. That helps significantly with the mortgage there. Um, but our club is a lease and it's not cheap. And right, right. we were already having discussions like, okay, how long can we keep, you know, the, paying this overhead without having a serious discussion with my landlord there. And, and I'm lucky too, because I know my landlord there and he's, he'll probably be cool enough to maybe give us a break. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have a really bad feeling that this is going to last for a really long time. And the other thing that's crazy that really is bothering us here is that, so Pittsburgh is in Allegheny County and the governor of Pennsylvania shut down Allegheny County. So all the businesses are closed. Mm. So, five miles from here is another county they're wide open that's where my brother lives and my family that's where i grew up every business is still open people are still out and it's a huge county so i just feel like if they're going to shut down one county and it's going to put me back let's say you know they're saying they're calling for two weeks right now if i'm already closed for two weeks and then they start shutting down other counties because then their counties are getting you know it's a mess in their county like right. how long does this really affect us in every other major city right you know? So it's just it's, sure. right now. It's I think it's a complete clusterfuck, and the federal government it really needs to step in. Right, I think that's what's put everyone in so much jeopardy right now, though. Right, just the dragging of the feet, no one preparing yeah. for the worst, not thinking ahead about anything. Right, and it's affecting every industry. I yep. think it, I think it's going to be like a clear reset, and it's it's a good and good thing and a bad thing. We were speaking on it on the last episode. Like, does it you know it's like almost like a reset for every industry. And uh, we get to kind of dictate how we started back up again. But I'm also curious to wonder, like, you know, in Asia and China and Korea, they have these uh, thermal temperature guns, you know? Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's going to be having to be uh, a consideration for security, you know, checking ID, checking everyone's temperature, and then letting them in. Just like keeping, and it might just be for window dressing, you know what I mean? It certainly will. Actually. Totally. And, but yeah. it, it's one of those things that'll make everyone feel safer in your establishments to be like, yo, like there's no one in here with a temperature over like a hundred degree, you know, whatever. So it's just yeah. like, so I'm wondering if that's going to be in place if, you know, so, I, and then, you know, even just like shaking hands anymore, like if we're not going to just be like, even just in social situations, if it's not going to be the norm anymore, you know, this shit sucks for literally everyone. I think we all just need to know that like, we're all in this together, like, and just yeah. let's be let's be extra kind to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, let's be kind, let's be cautious. You know, it's like what we were talking about before. It's uh, what Nugget was talking about, especially with you know one one area could be shut down and another's not shut down. I think the worst part is that we're not, as a country, uh, really like acting in unison of what we're supposed to be doing because really everybody should be staying inside and nobody should be, you know, socializing in groups. Um, at all. That's the only way that we're going to be able to 
be over this quicker rather than much later. I know, I just think. just kind of realizing how selfish we are as a country, right? How un- like you know what I mean? It's kind of crazy. Totally. Just everyone knowing what's going on. Just there's still people at the beach. There's still people like chilling, going out. Like you just said, Chris. There's there's a line for In and Out Burger. Yeah. Like no Kid, one's Kid Rock. Kid Rock is still throwing parties. Yeah, it's just I don't know what what is going on. They just think it's like a, it's like I don't. Know, it's it's really crazy. Terrible, yeah. Yeah. But I feel like they're part of the reason that people are acting like that because they say they really haven't seen the impact yet. And I feel like right. this is going to be the, this is going to be the telling week, I would assume where, you know, it's terrible to say, but people are going to start passing. You know, we're going to see way more cases come out. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too. Like, are you guys in your cities? Do you have the tests? No, 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 no one has nothing here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of my bartenders is a registered nurse at one of the biggest hospitals in town. And I've been talking to her every day and I'm like, do you guys have tests or are there tests coming in? No, there's nothing. She just keeps telling me Yeah, we still have nothing. There's so like, yeah, it takes like three days to get your results here in Vegas. I don't know if it's like that everywhere else, but yeah, it's fucking, it's crazy. Yeah, that's not about right. But just getting the test is... It's not an easy thing. Either. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the first thing. I think it's going to take months for us to even get the tests. And that's the scary yeah. shit is once people start getting the tests, you're going to be like, holy shit, this is everywhere. Cause there's- oh, there's way more people than, than we know of right. that have it. I mean, any, any, anybody can have it. Like, I could have it. I feel fine, but I could totally have it. You know? For sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we just don't know. That's the reason why the social distancing is extremely important, at least for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. I think it's at least, you know, that's, I was talking to my, my guys uh, for the podcast and I was just like, look, let's just, let's just, you know, like self quarantine ourselves for two weeks, see if there's any symptoms that pop up. And honestly, after two, three weeks, if we're good, I don't mind in a safe, like in a safe way, gathering to do the podcast. You know what I'm saying? But we all got to be responsible about it. Like the last thing I want to do is just like start recording together and have one of us like get deathly ill or something, you know? Um, yeah man but um guys i you know what i thank you guys so much for uh kind of like taking time out of your uh not so busy schedule to sit with me and do this shit but um i i remember someone tweeted out they're like hey you should who who tweeted that out they're like you got to get chris oh boy mark mark yeah he was like yeah you got to get chris you got to get nugget and you got to get eric and then you know a week later here we are but I definitely want us in person one day so we can just kind of shoot the shit about less important things and start shitting on, you know, requesters and all of these things that that us DJ should be talking about, kind of, you know. I'm with it. Yeah. But, uh, yo, time, love you guys, man. Thank you so much, man. You too. For coming Thanks, on the man. show, man. Stay safe. Yeah. Thanks for this. Love you guys. Peace, Take man. Hey, yo, big shout, Evil One. Big shout, Nugget. Big shout to Chris at Bruno's. I really appreciate you guys, uh, you know, sitting down to speak with us. I want to circle back to Las Vegas now. I actually want to talk to some of the people in the service industry. Uh, my homegirl, Belle. I'm going to call her Belle for now. That's not her real name. But I'm going to hit her up. She's been a bartender in Las Vegas since I moved out here in 2005. She's from Las Vegas. She's worked in the service industry pretty much all of her life. And I'm going to hit her up and uh, kind of see what her perspective on everything is. All right. So I got Belle on the line. I got her here via satellite, I guess. So you're currently not working and you and you've uh pretty much been in the service industry in las vegas for the past i don't know 15 plus years right yes you bounced around from lounges to bars to clubs restaurants and so forth even did like uh you know 
day pools and so on. So you've seen almost every aspect of Las Vegas in the service industry pretty much. Yeah, I mean, sounds like I get around, but... (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I've worked in the industry for a while. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Never. Never encountered. I've never seen the casinos close other than like major incidents. And even then it was hours, not days and weeks or unknown amount of time. When was the last time you saw something like this, like an actual... um like a like an epidemic or a disaster that affected the city like this was it 911 possibly or no 911 was probably the last time they did major layoffs it was very similar to what they did now well it wasn't as drastic but it was similar where they did huge layoffs and it took a long time for the city to get back to full strength but right. you know it's Vegas we'll do it but we've never seen anything like this like Tao group just laid off all their hourly staff nationwide at all their properties and then, Hak- yeah, Hakkasan Group laid off like 1,600, right? You're part, everyone needs to be part of a union, like a bar union, right? Before they can even work for a nightclub, a casino, or how does that work? No, not at all. I mean, there's, there's union staff and there's not union staff. You know, it just depends on what hotel and what venue you're at. And I'm not sure if it, a union benefits you one way or another until times like this. But how does a union help right now? What can a union do? You know, they, they give you help with, say, your power bill or your electricity or if you need help routing that with whether you need things to stay turned on or financial aid or whatnot. They definitely help you with that. And and the, the way the casinos and hotels and employers go about layoffs and rehiring from layoff or being fired, the way my hotel did it. When we came in, they called us into a meeting, 100% of the union staff, which includes housekeeping, bussers, waitresses, cocktail waitresses, food, food servers, hostesses, you know, 90% of the people in every casino. Right. All of a sudden, and they laid everybody off 100% from full-time shift people, part-time shift people, to extra board, to... Anybody that is union. No, at that point, the casinos were still open, but it was the way to do it because the casino obviously didn't need, you know, 100% of their full-time staff on because they're, the hotels were looking at a occupancy rate of dropping of what should have been the best month of the year mm-hmm. to a ghost town. There was rumors that they were at like below 7% occupancy in the hotels and stuff, which is unheard okay. of, right? I've never heard of anything like that low. So then... You guys were all hauled into this room. You guys met with them. You guys get a serv- like a severance, like two, two week severance or but, anything. You know, this is all unprecedented, right? So we don't know. It, in our union contract, we've never fought for said things such as when they lay off one hundred percent of the staff. Right. We need some sort of a, a notice or a buffer, like the, so the union fought for them to, and it's still an ongoing battle with the union and, and the employers. But uh, right now they're paying full-time employees two weeks pay, extra pay, mm-hmm. you know, that we've been laid off without working. And then you can always take your earned vacation time mm. and add that to your paychecks just so you have a buffer of your income. And then you can always go for unemployment, which is what I'm sure that they were pushing for you guys to do. Sure. But once you get your unemployment, you can't. Obviously, you can't double dip. You can't claim your the hours that they're paying you and then unemployment. But honestly, it's been I've been laid off since the 15th. So it's been a full week. Yeah. And I've called 
I've gone online. I can't even get through to unemployment to even register or get online. It's like uh, tens of thousands, if not maybe 100,000 or more calling unemployment all at once. Yeah, it's it's definitely in, in well into the six figures. You know, in Nevada, you know, our unemployment rate is, you know, depression era. Right. You know, you have more than half the city on, on layoff status, you know. You know, that's that's the worst part. Do we really complain about not being able to get unemployment when there's people sick and dying, you know? Right. So then what what do you uh what is your plan for, for now? Just to wait it out and see what happens and wait so you can get back to work or like you said, I've been in, in my venue and in my position for quite a while. So I'm high up on the seniority. So per the per our collective bargaining agreement, our union they'll bring back people in seniority. So I happen to be a lucky one and, and high enough where I'll come back pretty quick once mm-hmm. we get back up and running, if and when, you yeah. know. So yeah, I just have to wait it out just like everybody. Everybody's in the same boat. Nobody has money coming in. The city's not making money. Nobody's flying. We need the airports up and running. And, you know, so we need people to get healthy enough to be able to travel and have the money to travel. So we'll see how long it takes Vegas to come back from this. Is there any spite? I mean, a lot of the workforce is pissed off at what's going on, but they can't really blame the hotels for what's no. going on, right? I think the worst part is the unknown factor. You know, right. how long is it going to be two weeks? Is it going to be May 1st or is it going to be June, July? The government doesn't know. We don't know. Nobody really knows. A lot of people were saying that this is the casinos and hotels ways of downsizing and get and leaning up a little bit. Take the next few months and revisit literally every department, every section of the casino and their operations and finding a way to automate it somehow so they don't have to hire as many people back. And there was rumors that Caesars was actually thinking of redoing their whole front desk procedures and putting up automated machines. Sure. Yeah. And that would be way to do it like if if it was my company oh yeah why wouldn't you Mm. you know that's been happening so it's been more and more automated even down to the the cocktail waitresses that are at the the gaming tables those cocktail waitresses all have automated bartenders they did away with the bartenders and all the service so what do you mean what do you mean automated bartenders oh yeah it's like like you know those soda machines you see in like a deli or something where they have coca-cola and you can make it like a thousand different flavors or ways they have that for liquor and shit like yeah really how did you hear about this yeah they last year they they started putting these in all the properties at mgm mirage and yeah they did away with more than half their bar staff only on the front bars in hotels and casinos have bartenders otherwise the waitresses go in the back fill up a glass of ice put the glass of ice underneath this machine, just like a soda machine and pick mm-hmm. Crown and Coke or whatever it is. I didn't know yeah. that. Wow. The amount of liquor is cut back, everything. So it's, you know, and I can't even say that it's, you know, bad business. Like it's, it's not even the casino's fault. Like what, how could you not take that opportunity when you can, you right. know? So as of right now, I mean, you've got savings, you're okay. I mean, there, like I said, I, I, I don't know about everyone else. I, I'm okay. Personally, I'm okay. I've saved and have, have this and sure, I mean, nobody wants to spend their retirement or their, their savings on, you know, something like this. Think about somebody that's older than me that, that is ready to retire, but most of their retirement fund is in the stocks and things like that, you know, where it's going to take them another 10, 15 years to rebound their retirement money that, you know, if, if they've even been lucky enough to have money in retirement, you know, what about those people? 
those people are, you know, going to be a part of the workforce now another 10 years or 20 years. I feel like everybody's in the same boat. It's, you know, it's not just Vegas. It's not just us. And yeah, is it a, a little, I feel a little more shady in Vegas because it's Vegas, but mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I just think shit happens. See how it goes. All right. Thanks, Bell. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Ayo, big shout to Bell. I appreciate you uh, speaking with me. Quote, unquote, Bell. It's not her real name, but thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, I kind of want to talk to a homegirl of mine who's a dancer for a strip club out here in Las Vegas, a pretty prestigious strip club out here in Las Vegas that recently shut down. I mean, a lot of them shut down. But let me let me call up my homegirl. Let's call her Tiffany for now. Quote, unquote, Tiffany. All right, so I'm on the line with Tiffany, right? Correct. Tiffany is a dancer at one of the more well-known, prestigious uh, Las Vegas strip clubs out here. And uh, currently, everything's shut down. And it shut down last week, right, Tiffany? Around that? Correct. Right. And Correct. You, you actually worked the w- last weekend, and you said it was crazy. It was busy. It was it was crazy packed, like more packed than I've seen in a while. Really? So I have a, yeah. I have a question. Was it the club's choice to shut down or was the city telling them to kind of shut down? The city enforced them to uh, shut down. In particular? Yes. So what did they do? Did they put y'all like in it? Did they have a group meeting with everyone and tell, tell they everyone? They had a group meeting. How they had many, a group how, meeting. How many dancers are at this strip club? So we work in shifts. Yeah. So I'm going to say like on my shift, there's probably between about 300 and 400 on my shift. Three to four hundred in your shift, and how many mm-hmm. shifts in the day? Three. There's three shifts. So give or take fifteen hundred to two thousand girls altogether. Correct. Oh shit! So they didn't meet with all two thousand of y'all, did they? Girls? No, no, they just did like a meeting with the management. So probably about like twenty people. Yeah. Like including the bouncers and whatnot and hosts, and they just shut it down. Oh shit! So then, how did you? How did they inform you guys? I actually heard from another dancer and then I text one of the managers just to confirm and he confirmed that they were shut and it's, we don't know until when. Oh, so there wasn't like an email that went out? There wasn't anything official? No, I didn't get an email. <laughs> Are you serious? I did not get an email. I got a crazy question though. If they, if they were like, if they still stayed open, would you still be working? I absolutely would. Even though there's this whole coronavirus going on? I worked the weekend before, and yeah. there was, like, massive people in there, and here I am. And you're feeling Corona, right. corona free. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd still be working. Do you think still, like, do you think people still would have showed up? They should. They yes, been? absolutely. I think people would be in there right now. Really? Wow. Yes. How, what is your thoughts on all of this shit? Obviously, you would, I, keep, you would keep working because you want the money, right? I would keep working because I want the money and I just believe that if I can if I can work at if I can go to Target or a grocery store right and all the nasty stuff I see at the grocery stores <laughs> I just now I've been paying more attention just like watching everything like I, I see people don't cough or they they'll cough don't cover their mouth pick up stuff look at it put it back I see people's kids running around coughing, not covering their mouths, touching everything, putting their hands down aisles and like all the products. So if I can do that, I can definitely work. So you think if you like covered your, if you, if you guys wore like masks, y'all would have been all right? I don't even think we should, would have to wear masks. Really? You think if if it's going to happen, it's going to happen regardless. I think exactly. I think if, if it's meant for you to catch Corona, Uh you're going to catch Corona, but you should also take, 
I didn't, I didn't really need the coronavirus to teach me to wash my hands. I always have every purse I own. I have hand sanitizer in it. Mm-hmm. I have wipes. Like I use antibacterial body wash. I've been using like literally my whole life. So I don't, nothing's changed for me. Other people just now are getting clean. Mm-hmm. I just think in the midst of it all, I think it's, everyone sees the, the strip club as like kind of like, you know, there's a lot more physical touching, a lot of more yeah, close I mean, interaction. Like I, said, if you can, I agree. But if you can go to Target and just observe, go to Target today. Yeah, but I'm not standing though. Like everyone's supposed to maintain the social distancing. It's hard they to do don't. social distancing. They're not doing it. Are you, you and the, you and the other dancers? Are y'all all like basically a tight knit? Maybe not all of y'all, right? There's no, no, there's no unity. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not. There's no, um, there's no unity between y'all. Like no, every bitch for herself. Really? This yeah. come on. I mean, y'all gotta have. I'm like, being little, dead serious. Yeah. There is clicks. Yeah. There, there is clicks. Um, I personally don't like to roll in clicks. I work better alone. Um, but there is clicks, and there's like a lot of like, there's a lot of hate. You would think that it would be a lot more unity, but it's not. So the only reason why I asked this is because were there some that were in favor of working, and some that were like, "Yo, we need to close. This isn't safe." I think everyone. Actually, I'm not gonna say everyone. I'm gonna say. About sixty percent were in favor of still working. Oh, so so it's still a little fifty fifty, right? People, some people were like, "Yo, we mm-hmm. should close. This is unsafe." With you guys not working, and you're not sure when this is all going to be over, what is? I mean, what's your plan? Well, right now, my plan is just to not spend my savings. Yeah. So you guys. Um, so it's wait, it's, but it's it's a given that all of y'all have savings, right? Or do some of do some of the dancers? Um, like, I would hope. I would. I would hope that all do some probably there's probably a lot that don't right um my savings is not exactly what i would like it to be right now uh but hopefully right gets me through <laughs> so i got a question because like you seen that movie hustlers yes with jennifer lopez right i have and constance Wu, i think her name is uh so like in that movie those girls when the economy fell, right? They yeah. were, they had to resort to kind of like escort service, prostitution, robbery, and robbery, and all <laughs> of that shit. Do you see any dances or anything moving towards from dancing to like prostitution, escort, or like uh, what is that called? Open fan? What is it? Open fan? Uh, only fans. Only fans. Well, yeah. I'm gonna just say I will participate in all of the above. You will. <laughs> if it gets to that level. Yeah. Um, so you are you never know. Hopefully not. So you are comfortable, like escorting or doing some like. Would you guys call it prostitution I mean, or is it? I don't know. I've never, I've never had to go that route. Yeah. But I just hope it doesn't get to that. But you're saying. I hope we open soon. So you, but you, it has it has lingered in your mind that that might have to be a possibility to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And that's troubling, obviously, for you, right? It is. It is. But you'd rather go that route? I mean, like, you think that that route is still going to be something that you'd want to do even with this coronavirus? Like, let's say it gets worse and it spreads out. You'll take your I mean, chances? There's, there's, a lot, there's a lot worse things than coronavirus. If Let's say I did catch coronavirus. I have a high chance of beating it mm-hmm. because I'm young and I have a pretty good immune system. There's, there's a lot of other things you can catch, like AIDS. <laughs> right. Herpes, hepatitis, like so. It's just 
It's just another thing for you. Yeah. It's just another like. I mean, well, no, technically it's not part of the job for me, but I mean, if I were to take the next level, yeah, it would be part of the job. Are there a lot of like dancers who think similar to you? For sure. Yeah. So do you think, when do you think it'll start having to get to that point? Do you think if this moves on towards like August, September? Yeah. If it hits like August, September, it's, yeah. Um, especially with like everything closed, like a lot of other jobs, you know, nobody's hiring right now. Like, right. <laughs> it would be a bad situation. So I have a question. Did you dance in LA when you were in LA? I did. I mean, how different is LA from Vegas? Very different, right? Um, the club that I worked at in LA was like more of a cabaret. Oh, okay. Um, more of like a staged club. Mm-hmm. The club in Vegas is like gentlemen's club. It's selling private rooms. It's totally different. Like LA was high school. This is college. Okay, <laughs> wait, explain. Because LA is more, is it more like dollar bills, like stage yeah, pole like, dancing? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And then Vegas, you would say it's more of like, why Why would you say it's college? Because you have to really like manipulate yeah. and sell a fantasy and just manipulate someone into getting into the private room. That's where the money's at versus LA, you're dancing on a stage. It's inevitable that people are just going to throw money up there. Right. That's like the LA culture, it's similar to like Atlanta. Vegas, it's like conservative ass white men that are not about that life. Right, right. They want to talk to somebody and hang out and like in the hopes of thinking like they're going to take you back to their hotel. All right. So you just have to you just have to build that fantasy that there's a possibility of them smashing at the end of the night. Pretty much. 100 percent. Now, have you ever met a client that you kind of engaged with and you were like, oh, I'm kind of feeling him. And he propositions you like, you know, what? can you come back to the hotel with me and I'll pay you blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, you know what, fuck it. Or you're kind of like, nah, I don't really cross that line. You're smiling, um, you're smiling right now. <laughs> I am smiling. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so then your plan is... I'm going to wait it out. Just so that's all we can do. Hopefully, hopefully it's not... Hopefully, like, everything opens back in April. In the meantime, would you start, like, an uh, OnlyFans kind of page just to make some money... Just to do I just I don't really know what OnlyFans is. Right. Like I don't really understand the concept of that. I don't really people keep, Yeah. People keep telling me of like, oh, start an OnlyFans, start an OnlyFans. Like Is that what all the all the dancers are talking about right now? That's what every dancer on this planet is it's talking, talking about, about right, right now. now. It's OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what's going on with that. I just So in my opinion. If all the dancers are doing that, I shouldn't be doing that. You don't want to do what everybody's doing. Interesting. So then what would your next step be? What would be the comfortable step? Would it be escorting? What my my next step would be proposition my regulars. Oh, uh, so you have regulars in your contacts that you would hit up. And what would you say? Like, what you doing, big head kind of shit? Or? No, I would just be like, tell them the situation. Oh, and then have them... Maybe and just be like, hey, help me out. Yeah. But I will or Venmo me, cash at me, whatever. But like, it hasn't came to that yet. Uh, Not yet, but. So will most of them send you or Venmo you or cash app you money just to literally take care of you with mm-hmm. nothing in return? They won't expect anything in return. Won't expect anything in return. Really? It'll just be on some like, yo, I got you. You're good. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Interesting. And then let's say, how long do you think that'll last you? I want to see if you're just planning this whole thing out, like as a, you know. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say a few months. A few months. So like, you can probably last till the fall, like August. Yeah. Yeah. And then around mm-hmm. Christmas time. Nobody's getting shit for Christmas. Nothing. Basically. Yeah. It'll be rough. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but hopefully by Christmas, everything should be kind of opening back up. Oh my right? god! I hope every. I hope by next month. You don't think this shit's gonna affect the. Um, the gentlemen's club or the ship clubs like moving forward no you don't think so Hell is no. it going to be any type of like precautionary like yeah like i think one of the things i noticed is like they put hand sanitizer like pumps everywhere in the club yeah like every corner almost mm-hmm. so i didn't they didn't have that before what, what is your feeling you're pretty optimistic about what's going to happen or i'm pretty optimistic about it I think, how can we keep an entire city like Las Vegas, like one of the busiest cities in the country, just shut down this long? I mean, Come on. Look at New York and LA, though. I mean, I know, but it's only been like a week. Do you plan to go back to the same spot? Mm hmm. And you, there's no hard feelings, right? It's just, it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is. And then you wouldn't want to dance anywhere else. You wouldn't want to go to Miami, Atlanta. I've Atlanta. never, I've never worked in Miami. I heard it's rough. That's what I heard, too. Anything else you want to you want to get off your you know? I would like to say fuck Corona. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So you think you think like the government's overreacting on this shit a little bit or no? For sure. You think so? Wow. There's not that many deaths. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like I'm not going to say it's the same type of virus as the flu, but it's like you're only at a high risk if you already have like a pre-existing condition, mm-hmm. like asthma or like some type of autoimmune situation going on or you're elderly so i don't really see why like we're going crazy all right man well tiffany thanks for sitting with me and and talking with me i'll have a good quarantine (laughs) you too (laughs) i will be uh self-medicating via alcohol really (laughs) (laughs) every day at 6 p.m you just came from a hike you're doing like you're doing some type of active shit though yeah i'm trying to hike and stay active every day so the body can stay right so when i do get back in the game i still look good thanks a lot i appreciate it Uh talk to you later bye-bye i pushing forward pushing forward pushing forward i'm about to hit up uh the fellas dj never DJ D Miles and Jamie the Great. I'm gonna check in with the fellas. Hey yo, what's good, fellas? What's good? Hey, hey, hey. Man, my family. Hey. What up, bro? What up? I miss y'all, man. <laughs> it's been one week of quarantine. You guys don't look so bad. You ain't too shabby. I feel like the initial shock is over. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're still in shock about what happened. Yeah. What have y'all been doing to keep busy this past week? Anything interesting? Honestly, man, I just kind of got adjusted. So I really just I haven't left the house in over a week. My downstairs gym is closed, so I've just been doing homeway workouts, been cooking a lot more, watching a little TV. And you know what's crazy? I honestly didn't realize how dependent I was on watching sports. Mm. Like, I used to come home every day, and that was, like, my downtime, watching a basketball game, watching sports center. Now that shit is dead, bro. Like, so it's just so weird for me to, like, not be able to watch sports, and I'm just dependent on movies. And literally, ESPN has gotten so bad to where they're showing just old games. Damn. Like, Damn. Like, years yeah. ago. You know what I'm saying? So it's just hella weird, man. Like, I ain't got no Laker game to watch. It's hella weird, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to get adjusted, man. But definitely this week is probably going to be a little better because last week was just, I was in shock, bro. Like, just being in the house like that, I was fucking going crazy. But now I'm kind of used to it. It's cool. Yeah, I see you trying mm-hmm. to do, like, that whole push-up challenge and shit, you know? Yeah. 
No, nah, yeah. one of the, one of my homies challenged me, and I was like twenty push ups, whatever. Like, yo, no one, no try one, at least it up that shit. Yo, no one wants to watch motherfuckers do push ups, bro. No one wants <laughs> no. to watch that shit. <laughs> you were challenged us to do fifty. I know I why you do fifty, man. It's like. I feel like twenty was easy. We could we could all do twenty, no problem. I'm sure. I don't know. That's the what point of it. It's easy. <laughs> I'm trying to inspire me. I'm trying to make us better. Nah, he got Summer's that. Coming. He got that little man complex. That's why. That's why he just be like, yeah. Try I did. <laughs> the most I could do was forty, man. That's just, that fifty wasn't happening, man. You killed the forty, though, man. And, that, and I did it three times, man. <laughs> <laughs> wants to watch that shit. Yeah. This motherfucker had like twelve stories of push-ups. I'm like, yo. <laughs> like, what the fuck hey, you think? You think this shit is interesting? Actually, I feel like a lot of shorties are horny enough they don't watch that shit, right? That's what you were trying yeah. to do. You're trying to thirst trap <laughs> these motherfuckers. You're trying to thirst trap nah, these chicks. To, That's what it was. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep it going and inspire people to do some push-ups. What's up, Jamie? What you been doing? You been stealing cars or anything? Nah, man. I started <laughs> I started, I started. the job. I'm, I'm, I'm plumbing now with my pops. Oh, man. shit. Oh, shit. Mario and Luigi certified. Yeah. <laughs> Mario. You official. Mario. Yeah. I'm, I'm right. Mario. Yeah, man. <laughs> how's, it, how's that shit going, man? It's crazy, bro. I don't like it's crazy because I don't know if people are wiping their ass with Lysol wipes, which you shouldn't be doing, but it's clogging up the main lines from oh, like a lot of buildings. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's getting my dad a lot of business. Actually. I've been hearing about that. Yeah. Everyone's using the Lysol wipes, the disinfectant wipes, but they uh, shouldn't be. But they've been that. throwing. They've been throwing it in the in the toilet, which they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, yeah. Right. no, they shouldn't be doing that. So it's causing a lot of main lines, and I don't know if people know what a main line, but the main line is basically the like the one main line practically that takes all the waste from all the apartments and runs mm-hmm. it to the. To the street. Or so whatever. you've been wait. How come you haven't been Instagramming that you've been uh, pulling all these wipes out of the all out of the shitholes? You haven't been Instagramming that shit. It's not Instagrammable. It's not Instagrammable. I probably. What do you mean? I'd rather that. watch Dad than watch I mean, Darren do push-ups. That's, like, that's good fuck? content, man. That is good content. I would love to. No, see that would be pretty interesting. I would love to see you with your hands on your hands and knees, like digging through shit and just pulling out. No. Like, okay, <laughs> I've never seen that like that. <laughs> and pulling so out and pulling out no. these disinfectant wipes, just like this shitty, Yo, I've never seen this shitty like that, disinfectant man. wipes, one by okay. one. Let, let me explain what it is. We don't get. We're not pulling things out, Kirk. So it's this thing called the snake, and you run the snake on the main line, and it basically clears out all the way towards the street. So that's oh, what okay. it basically is. So it backs up, but it smells like shit. My dad's always wow. wearing masks when he does the main lines, so it's it's, it's good work. Uh, yeah, he's basically an essential job. He's an essential business, so he's out there in the street. How come you're not like, putting this on Instagram though? Why are you keeping? Why? I I do. No, this is like new to us right now, man. We just finding out. Yeah, I've been like so MIA from our phone. Like I haven't even been texting y'all or anybody. Because when and, you, when you yeah. clear like when you clear the the main line out, you should be like winning. You should be like you know, you should be yeah, like yeah, yo, yeah, just clear out this yeah. main line, yo. You know, like you <laughs> don't want to do that shit. You saving no, the city. Man. I'm saving the city one one pipeline at a time. Plum life. <laughs> Hashtag plum life. That. No, yeah, I will watch that IG live. I will watch that. Dude, there's so much, so much competition with IG lives right now, but. You know what's crazy? So my dad's always wore the mask, like the one that Cricket is wearing, when he does these type of jobs because it's a filthy environment. It's very nasty and it smells disgusting. But um, a, a lot of the tenants of the buildings that he walks in, 
like they're giving him dirty looks as if he's infected and it's more so it's more so like protocol so you know a few people from the tenants have been calling his management and his like his boss and he's like yo like we're scared of this guy and, my, and they're like no it's protocol blah 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 blah, blah. but, but nah, what do I they expect yeah, they think my dad is infected with the coronavirus. I would actually Apparently. prefer my plumber to come in with a mask, but at least I know he's like yeah. taking care of himself and being precautious. Yeah, he comes in like with a full, like, you know, he has the gloves on, all that good stuff. So, yeah, man. yeah he's just taking protocol, but it's it's crazy. Does it's your, a lot of hard work. Does your dad look Asian when he has the mask on? Nah, he, he's no, he's being as a kid. His <laughs> eyebrows are like dark. My dad looks damn nearly Armenian, actually, with a with the mask on, but supposedly, yeah, pops, supposedly there's a lot of racism going on. Right before everything kind of got to this point, one of my homegirls is a bartender, told me she experienced racism as a bartender, and like the guy didn't want her to pour her, his drink. Was she Asian? Yeah. Mm. And he was like, yo, like, I don't trust you. I'd rather you like have another bartender pour my drink. And she felt offended, but she was like, I kind of get it, but at the same time, the dude was just being an asshole and was just being hella racist in that moment. And wow, she kind of felt the way about it. She was like, yo, like, I'm perfectly fine. Like, I'm going to serve you a drink. It's okay. And he was like, nah, you might have the virus. Like, fuck that. Like, give me someone else. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, I haven't, I'm, I haven't, no one said anything to me. So I wish I was. You haven't been in the house. Huh? <laughs> You've been in the house. You haven't been outside. Yeah, no one's, no one said anything to me in my crib at all. You know? Have you guys been checking out all of these uh, IG lives? Like, we, we got to talk about D Nice, though, right? Yo, props yeah, yeah, to D Nice. We gotta, we gotta, like D Nice broke the internet. Basically, these past few days, been doing six to like nine hour DJ sets on his Instagram live. Yeah. He had like everybody in there from like Michelle Obama, Oprah Winfrey, Cameron, Joe Biden, Rihanna uh, was on there. Rihanna, Drake, Questlove. Everybody, every celebrity, every like notable, uh, noteworthy politician, uh, musician, artist, actor, anyone even think of. Jessica Alba, Elizabeth Banks, Justin Timberlake, Marissa Tomei. Yeah, everybody was in there, yo. Everybody's been in there, man. I think at one point he was, he was, I mean, this is the most views I ever seen on Instagram Live. He had like 150,000 views. Yeah, I saw 200,000. You did see yeah, 200,000? Wow. Yeah. I saw. I was in there when it was like 160, and it just kept rising up to 200,000. I, I think he gained like half a million followers. Dude, like no, he right. gained way more than that. He did, right? He gained, he gained like 900,000 followers. Some crazy Holy number. Shit. That's yeah, because I remember. Was he the first? Which was he the first one to put up an IG Live DJ set? No. I don't no. know how it caught People have been doing it for a while, man. This is nothing new. Yeah. His yeah. just like even like even fire, huh? was doing something like that a few years back. Yeah. Oh yeah, Prandora. he was doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R and B mix for like six hours. He did that last yeah. night actually too. I don't know if you guys caught it. He I got on some, of it. some of it. I yeah. caught a little bit of it. Drake mm-hmm. was in there. Uh, yeah. Keisha Cole was in there. Yeah. He's, yeah. A lot of people are tuning into these lives, man. I just think that D Nice, you know, like. I think he, you know, he's known for just doing a lot of celebrity events, a lot of like, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of Hollywood parties with like, you know, yeah. he just did, he just did Diddy's fiftieth. He did Diddy's fiftieth. Yeah. I think he did like an Oscar, couple Oscar parties. You know, he, yeah, yeah. What I liked about his also is that he was playing literally every day. It was something different, and I could tune in, and it would be some some songs I had never right. heard, and I would yeah. even having no Shazam, and I'm like, damn, like this was some dope. 
late 70s early 80s r&b that i don't even know about yeah and it was just hella for me it was just really educational to listen to his sets and see what he's playing because every time i would tune in it's something completely different yeah and, i really there was points that. there was points that he was playing shit that i wish never was next to me i could be like yo what is this <laughs> it's so hard to shiz- it's so hard to shazam and be on the live and right. then it was cra- it was crazy last night when you had friends and on just blaze on and D nice and even MOS was on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how do I tune into all of these shit? It's so crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like it's, it's, it's incredible. Like the IG live wars and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. D nice was like playing. That. Yeah, D nice was playing like a bunch of a, a bunch of like his catalog. I fe- you know I didn't realize how. I guess I forget, but like I didn't realize how deep his catalog was. Like they were like yeah, they were classics and soul soul shit that I was like, oh, what, <laughs> what is this? You know. Well, he's like around the same age as me, so he's just like yeah, that's the shit we grew up on. Yeah, and he grew yeah. up in it, and he was he was in there. He was like you know the DJ for BDP, and then he was obviously yeah. rapping and all that shit, and just, mm-hmm. you kind of forget about that. But you're like, yo, he was in the industry since yeah. a really young age. He was since like eighty seven. Yeah, he was knowing all the. He was at all the parties at, at a young age. He was hearing what was the hottest records at all those years. So, mm-hmm. like, it's 30, 40 years of just knowledge of of music. Yeah. And, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. I think that with his celebrity outreach, I think it's, like, mm-hmm. the perfect kind of, um, the perfect, like, formula. And also the way he was interacting with the camera. That was, Shout, yeah, that was made it work. Also, shouting man. it out, <laughs> having fun, drinking some Hennessy and, like, you know, mm-hmm. really getting in the mood. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah. some, I saw some <laughs> IG lives where like there were dudes that were just like looking down and DJing, mm-hmm. and that it's kind of like yeah, you kind of got to interact, shout people out, yeah, you know, yeah. like talk. And he kept he he kept doing like he was in the club. He'll hit the he'll he'll drop the volume, he'll give a shout out, put the volume back up. Yeah. So he was really on some club shit. It was crazy. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, I respected the fact that he wasn't just shouting out celebrities. Like he had like homies in there, random yeah, people that probably yeah. just fans of his. He would shout them out if they would they would actually even put requests for songs in the timeline, and he would he would acknowledge the request. Like that was to me that was really dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw him give a shout out to Goldfinger, and like, yeah, I was it was it was great. It was dope. It was dope to see that man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, like you know, his rate is gonna go up after this, man. Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was in the yeah. front of Yahoo page today. Uh-huh. Like he was a one, of the, one of the top stories. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, crazy. Man. I mean, there were like, was on- there was on big companies like Pepsi, ESPN, NBC, even Instagram commenting in his live. You know, yeah. so they're all taking note, like all of these big corporate events. I think he was on, I think The View mentioned him. He was on um, CBS this morning. Yeah, he was, I mean, dude, the good dude's going to go He was getting interviewed by Gail King. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, Come wow. on. Like, yeah. <laughs> people people were like, yo, you guys should get him on the podcast. I'm like, yo, like, we got to wait. Not, till, not like, now. Not now. We ain't going to get him we're, on. We're like, we're like five <laughs> people behind. We might have had a chance before all this happened, but now. I, I know, man. That's crazy. I I, oh, I was talking to uh, Ross One and Rattakan. I was like, "Yo, this dude after this, if he plays his cards right, he might be the biggest DJ in the country." Yeah, yeah. Well, right now he is. Right? Yeah. Right now, hands down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically. I don't know about the world, but definitely the this country. Like, I think he might be up there with the biggest DJ if he play if he continues he to do this. Is, yeah. Man. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that, and I, honestly, that is the best usage of IG Live that I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I think I think it ties into what he already had been doing because he's never been like a big club guy or a big festival guy. Mm-hmm. So the, the the like venues and like the things he does have been more intimate. 
And yeah. I think it played right into the IG live of it being intimate. Right. And it just kind of like was a snowball effect. So now when he's doing these corporate events, like all that shit is going to translate. It was like a house. Yeah. It was like a house party. It was like a little yeah. intimate quarantine house party that everyone yeah. was like, you know, vibing. And it's like right vibes. now, if, if you didn't know who he was um, last week, now everybody's going to know yeah. who he is now. Yeah. Yeah. Because for sure. of the, so. the times I've seen him live in person have always been smaller events. Like uh, I saw him at an NBA party that he did and he rocked it. I've seen him at a couple of corporate events here in Vegas during convention time when the conventions are crazy. I've seen him do those. So, like, that's definitely his lane is that more intimate setting. So, I think for him now, it's going to be even even crazier, like maybe even tenfold because I can't even imagine what his rate's going to be after all this shit clears up. I know. It's good because that, yeah. that good vibe, house party vibe with that open format, playing classics, reggae, <laughs> new hip-hop, old hip-hop, like that genre, yeah. that, that open format genre that he was – he was doing is kind of what mm -hmm. we, that we all that's kind of how we all want to play you know what and i mean that's yeah. how we all started <clears throat> that's where we all started exactly so for me yeah. i think if if he's going to lead this wave i think it's going to help all of us definitely yeah, that yeah, was going to be my next like, question yeah. crooked I, think, I was gonna I ask, think, like, do you think that's gonna open open doors? Do you think I, it's gonna be more I definitely thing? i think it's like you know because the thing is this calvin harris diplo um, a lot of EDM DJs did also an IG live, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They all did Instagram live. I'm sure they did really good numbers as well. It doesn't compare to D-Nice, D obviously. You know what I'm saying? The but impact. Close. Right. But if there, the impact. if there was a Calvin Harris or Diplo or, or one of these EDM DJs that were going viral off of this Instagram live, that would mm -hmm. be kind of opening the doors and leading another wave of something. But the fact right. that this... He was playing like all of these classics and soul and soul music and like R and B, like nineties and like two thousands and hip hop and going all over the place. Maybe that's not something that everyone experiences. You know what I mean? It might be really foreign to them. So I think, I think it, it, it's a good it's a good step in the right direction. And I think if anyone can lead that, you know, D Nice could definitely lead that wave. And I think it's mm -hmm. perfect. It works out perfect. And I think yeah, it's yeah, a, I think it's a good thing. It's a new. You know, it's a new it's a new feature that is is being presented in a different way that no one's ever presented it because every time I see an IG live, it's 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 like a viral moment of somebody having a breakdown or like talking shit into the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like people yeah, are just like, like yeah, people are in their Instagram live just talking shit into their camera and just like oh, blah, 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 like fuck this guy. Then, you know? Yeah, yeah. So like, also when you see, like, we see DJs on DJs doing videos, they're usually like scratching, cutting it up. Yeah, he was just yeah. playing fucking good music and getting on the mic. He wasn't even focused. He wasn't even focused that much on the transitions. It was like nah, echo something nah. out, drop something, and it's mm -hmm. honestly like yo, like it's not all about so like the it. transitions. It's the energy, the interaction. Exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was really. It was really fun, and it was good, and it was um, and it started. It started, you know, like connecting with a lot of people, and I think it it inspired a lot of other DJs like Kid Capri got on. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. just Blaze got on. I think our mm -hmm. homie Jerome Baker the Third was doing his. I think there's a bunch of others, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I just MOS shout to MOS. I just think it's a what do you call it? It's one of those things that I think it can turn into something more because there were some people who had uh, Instagram lives going that got shut down because they were playing licensed music. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but Instagram was actually in support of fucking D Nice's. Uh, live, yeah, that was crazy because they were even yeah, tweeting. I was curious about that. Yeah, Instagram was tweeting like, Watch D Nice on Instagram yeah. Live, 
they were actually and I was thinking, like, how in the hell is he getting right away from these copyright laws? Yeah, like, <laughs> it, was, it was one of those things where they, they Instagram knows. They're like, we'd rather just, like, accept this viral moment and, and support it. Yeah. I don't know, man. Could, well, well, you know, Mark Zuckerberg was on there also. Oh, yeah, he was I watching saw, that yeah. shit, right? Yeah. 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 I heard uh, D-Nice was shouting him out a lot. They were like, yeah. He yeah. did. He shouted him out a bunch of times. I, I happened to be on when he was shouting out Mark Zuckerberg, and I was like, what? Fucking yeah, CEO of Facebook is in here. That's crazy. Yo, he's yep. gonna be doing all of Facebook parties. Oh yeah, you already know. <laughs> For sure. That Zuckerberg money. Hey, what up, That's Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg. <laughs> I see Zuckerberg. Zuck, Zuckerberg. Shout out to Facebook in the building. IG. <laughs> yeah, Zucker to the bird. What's up, Zucker? Zucker to the bird. <laughs> So that corporate money is about to be crazy. For crazy. Him. Damn, man. I'm happy for him. That's dope, man. I, I know. A, good for him, man. I said a zuck, 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 You know, he definitely didn't. When he started doing it, he probably had no idea it was going to blow up and elevate to the level it is right now. He probably just was going to have some fun. And that shit yeah, took off sure. like wildfire. See, I'm, yeah, one, I'm wondering. See, like, I know there's a lot of corporate money. Everyone thinks there's a lot of corporate money out there. I think corporate, like, literally deaded all their marketing dollars. Had yeah, it, yeah, but had sure. it, but had it been a different time, I feel like someone would have sponsored something with D Nice immediately. If it's not in the works right now, someone yeah. is working with him right now to do to, to continue doing this shit, and he's gonna talk to Instagram, and I could see it turning into like something like radio shows, mm-hmm. where everyone has their I own radio if shows. Every recorded all that. I wonder if he recorded all that, Kirk. They probably recorded it. The only, the only problem is, is that's all licensed music, so he can't save it. Does that make sense? So even yeah. So most of the yeah. time, when you do an uh, when you do an Instagram live video, it li- it allows you to save the video, right? Yeah. It automatically saves and it goes into your stories. I don't think it, none of his Instagram lives were 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 viewable. I also wonder if he recorded internally or through his Serato. Uh, hopefully, I'm sure. Hopefully. I'm sure he did. Sure he did. Yeah, but it's not the yeah. same. You need like the video, like and him talking, like yeah, the whole that thing, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah like mm-hmm. you need that whole energy. But it's like it's one of those things where it's just if you were there, you were there. If you weren't there, you weren't there. It's yeah. a moment of time. It's a yeah. moment in time. Man. I, I mean, yeah, it's like yeah. you, like DJing in the club. You got to be there to experience it. Yeah. I mean, quickly, what you were saying, I could totally see him taking that element and maybe turning it into an actual party. Like a like an intimate kind of setting party sponsored by another company, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what was what was he calling it? He was calling it something, right? Homeschool. Uh, homeschool. Like he could take that brand and maybe that turn a, that into that's something. That's a party now for sure. It's, yeah. It's really interesting to see because no one's ever really seen music become as interactive as it became that weekend or that the when D Nice was on. The, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he's on right now. So yeah. it's crazy. is he back on right now? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to take a break. I thought something. Quest Love took over. Yeah, he. I think he. He said like, "I'm done." But if you want to continue listening, check out Quest Love. He'll be doing like that. I think that was last night. Mm-hmm. He stopped it during the day, and then Quest Love did like a night set. That's oh, before we I move mean, on to before we move on to, I wanted to shout out not to cut you off, Jamie. I wanted to shout out uh, DJ Melody because he did a set also that was dope. Oh and he yeah, did all all right. four, he did uh, he did all forty fives. Oh shit! Ooh. Oh yeah, yeah, and he did like a forty. I think it was like a thirty or forty minute set. And I just happened to catch it. And I even commented on his. I was like, yo, you killing it, bro. Like, the shit was so clean. Like, so effortless. All the 40. I had no idea any of the music. But I made it even more enjoyable. But just shout out to Melo, man. Because he, he was doing his thing, too. I didn't want to leave him out. 
Yeah, Ross won. Ross won after our, our episode last week. He was kind of pressured to do a 45 set. He ended up doing a 45 set. And that was dope, too. Great uh, set, by the way. Yeah. Great oh, yeah. City, it was like a dope 10-minute set. But you know what? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all this great shit coming out of DJs, man. If any, if I, I think if anyone's really leading the way in innovative uh, content for, for social media, it's DJs right now. That yeah. I'm yeah. seeing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't see any... All these actors and supposedly creative motherfuckers are just doing TikTok videos. Like seriously, <laughs> and, they, and they look stupid doing it. Yeah, it's just like you just kind of. I kind of look at some of these people like, yo, what the fuck? Like these people are like, they have nothing else to contribute except like a TikTok, TikTok video. Videos. Yeah, and yeah. then all these DJs are just churning out mixes and music. Audio One, shout to Audio One in San Francisco. I think he's dropping yes. a mixtape or mix. For every day that he's locked he's down, a, that he's locked he's down in San Francisco, every, yeah. Every day he's doing a mixtape, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, every wow. day that they're locked down in San Francisco, he's doing a mixtape. So I think little shit like that is is dope. Like and uh, yeah, everyone's just dropping uh, a bunch of shout mixes. Out to, and stuff. Uh, shout out to Bella Fiasco. She texted me her her mixtape this morning, Tainted Love, and mm -hmm. it's all R and B and it's great. So, That's dope. Yeah, I think I think Sour Milk stuff. is about to drop something. I, there's like a, a yeah, few people true. out there that's about to drop some shit. Yo, I, actually, I bought a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do a 45, do all 45. I haven't done that ever before, so I'm gonna see how I that think works. It's, I think it's harder than it looks. It's, it is. I've been yeah. practicing. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely harder. It's hard yeah. to drop it on the one like that. Like exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's mm -hmm. uh, that takes a lot of work, man. But mm -hmm. I just wanted to to let motherfuckers know to like stay active out there. Mm -hmm. yeah. I see a lot of motherfuckers on Twitter and they're just kind of going off like making money's good, but it's like unless you're going to get a job or get some work somewhere, you know what I'm saying? You got to like, still stay active out there, man. Yeah, you got to build something. Yeah. And we've been telling motherfuckers this for a long time. We've been telling motherfuckers yeah, cool. for a while, y'all got to build some shit. And if you don't mm -hmm. take this opportunity to build something right now, you know, and you're going to get lost in the shuffle when everything, if everything gonna, gets back to normal eventually. You yeah. are gonna get lost in the shuffle, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah. the worst, yeah. the yeah. worst thing you could do is like fucking sit and like dwell in your sorrow. That shit is not gonna help anything, yeah. man. Like, yeah. yeah, sit there watching TV. That's not the yeah. move. <laughs> and it can happen. It can happen fast. Like depression can sit in really, really quick, depending on your situation. Could, you know what I mean? So, no, real, real talk. Last week, like the first week when this shit first started, I kept all I kept doing was staying on Twitter, looking to see what's going on. Yeah. Like with the news and watching CNN, stressing the fuck out. Yeah, but, yeah, but everyone was actually, doing that. Everyone was doing that. Because, I know. But yeah, it's I like after a while, like after five, after a couple of days, it's just like I have to stop doing it. I have to be like, you know what, fuck it. If something major gonna happen, I'm gonna find out regardless. I don't gotta be sitting on watching CNN twenty four. Yeah, but it was it was so uncertain though. Everything was so up in the air. We didn't know what was happening. So like even all day, like all last week, all all day Saturday and Sunday, I was I was on my phone just like looking at updates. Before I before I spoke with you guys, I actually spoke with like uh, Nugget, Evil One, and Chris from Bruno's in San Francisco. I spoke yeah, about yeah, um, yeah, I spoke to what they're doing as business owners. I spoke to a yeah. bartender homie of mine, and I spoke to a stripper homie of mine, who you know who recently, <laughs> you know who got laid off, and I just asked them what they were kind of doing. And yo. The stripper was talking about OnlyFans. Do you know what OnlyFans is? Because I, I've heard of it, but I don't know anything of nah, it. Nah, what is that? <laughs> Jamie, you what know. Jamie, you know, huh? Everybody's yeah. laughing. What is it? Uh, all right. So OnlyFans is basically a site where, like, you can um, 
say for example a pretty girl that has a hundred thousand subscribers and she needs income or she decides to put out her nudes she goes to this only fan builds a profile and you have to pay a monthly subscription of whatever she wants to put in some people put ten dollars some put it twenty five dollars and then you can get you can access you pay the monthly fee and then you access all her nudes or her videos of her playing with herself it's very very sexual it's very porn it's a lot of porn on there but yeah you're talking about like an instagram an instagram influencer with a huge following that everyone's like oh my god she's so hot blah 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 and then yeah. she's down in the dumps and needs some money so she she creates her only fans yes you're right. and then she shows herself naked Yep. Yeah. Right. Like I know this girl that I follow, and I I shared her with uh, with Darren a few times her profile. She had like one hundred and twenty thousand followers, and to the point that she started one week, and she made like fifty thousand dollars that first week. Wow. So she took it like she's thinking about leaving her job now. It's crazy. Oh, wow. It's a lot of yeah. money. So are they doing so like they, full? Are they doing like full porn or what the fuck are they doing? Bro, they're playing with themselves. They're naked. They're fucking other dudes. It's all crazy shit. <laughs> oh shit! It's yeah, man. So it's like live porn. <laughs> is it live it's or is it's like going to a peep show? It's basically like an Instagram. It's you in your home. <laughs> oh, it's an Instagram. Yeah. Oh, so like there's a feed, so you can go back and see it's all their feed. old yeah, pictures yeah, yeah, yeah. and videos. You can click like the shit archive. photos or just videos and yeah. Oh it's shit! Crazy, How many people you subscribe to, Jamie? I the f- <laughs> <laughs> so, Busted. So, I, so I was born. I was born a week and a half. You ain't got to explain nothing. Like, you ain't got to explain shit. I, it was the, oh, fir- good, dude, the first day was forty five dollars, and that's the most I subscribed. And it was about four girls, so, so about like ten dollars a girl. Ten dollars a month. Yeah, like ten dollars a girl. So yeah, it's like ten dollars. So it's like forty five a month. But I am subscribe. I unsubscribe to all of them. I only did like a monthly joint. It, it was worth it. <laughs> so wait, there's dudes on there too? I don't know about the dudes, but I know about the women that I follow. So I might be able to yeah. be, I might be able to get on there and do some push ups and uh get some money. You might, yeah, you, you <laughs> might get some money off of that dude. I'm sure there's a yeah. lot of girls that will pay that ten dollar fee for you. Relax. And- Relax. <laughs> Yo, that might be I might have to check this out when we get off there off of here before <laughs> I'm gonna see what's good. Yeah, D, you yeah. can oil oil your body and shit, and do all of that. Oil yeah, and like, just like just lift weights, <laughs> like butt ass naked. Cool, yeah. yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can make some money doing girls that shit. Do yeah, dude, they gotta be a, they gotta be a market for that, right? Yeah, uh, somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah, it has to be, man. <laughs> People who are like uh, little uh, little black guys who are in shape. I don't know what what is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's a market for all of us in some category. Yeah. There's, there's a chubby chasers, you know. Yeah, the Asian yeah, like Lifting weights. Like- and shit. <laughs> Do any of y'all want to touch on anything else? Pause. Like, any talk about anything or no? We good? Um, yeah, I think we good, man. Um, What do you call it? I did want to uh, end this by giving a couple shout outs. Want to give a big happy birthday to DJ Riz. Uh, yeah. one of the oh, yeah. one of my one of our favorite DJs and one of like the best dudes I know in the game. Shout to DJ Riz, happy birthday! Shout to DJ yeah. Premier, another legend. And then, yeah, honestly, we've been talking about IG lives and um, D Nice is part of the originals. There's an originals party with Clark Kent, um, Stretch Armstrong, Stretch Rich Armstrong. Medina, Tony Touch. Um, yeah, they were supposed to have a party on Thursday. 
And I think obviously with the coronavirus, it's canceled. But they're gonna. Sh- I guess they're gonna do the party on IG Live. Yeah, which, yeah they do the party once a month. I think. Yeah, which should be amazing. Like so if you guys can catch that, it'll be this Thursday with D Nice, yeah. Stretch Armstrong, Rich Medina, Tony Touch, and Clark Kent. So be on, mm-hmm. on be on the lookout for that and on Instagram Live. That should be amazing. Cool. You know what? As, oh, yeah. as we're recording right now, um, Big Ben is doing the IG live, which oh, I wow. want to catch. Shouts to Big Ben. ben. Yeah, Big Ben's yeah. nasty, yo. That motherfucker. Yeah, he's doing forty five. Oh, is he? Woo! Oh, shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's Can't end this. Let's end this as quick as possible. <laughs> Shouts to all the listeners. <laughs> Shouts to all the listeners. I've been posting our shit up and been listening, keeping it faithful. Appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of content that's going out, but y'all keeping it faithful to us on Wednesdays. So I appreciate y'all. Um, mm-hmm. And also a big shout, a rest in peace to Frank Jugger. A lot of, oh man, yeah. A lot of y'all, some on some of y'all on the West Coast, and maybe in some some of y'all down south may not know who Frank Jugger is, but um, I know his reputation is is beyond New York City. But in New York City, he was a major major figure in nightlife. He's one mm-hmm. of the yeah. best dudes. He was always on the mic. He and he was uh, he was just making the party live. We're actually gonna yeah. go. Uh, we're gonna call up Goldfinger and Nev, and me, me, you, and Goldfinger will kind of talk about mm-hmm. Frank Jugger a little bit, and yeah, and yeah. Uh, show him some love and whatnot. Yeah, peace. I'm gonna contact uh, DJ Goldfinger and Chris Landry, um, who have worked closely with Frank Jugger, and I want to explain more about what Frank contributed to the New York nightlife scene and how he was such a major fixture in hip hop culture, working with pretty much almost everybody in the business from Diddy, Jay-Z, Jam Master J, and he was involved with all of these amazing DJs. So let me hit these fellas up and see what's good. Hey, what's good, fellas? I'm actually live on satellite with, um, with of course, DJ Never from Road Podcast. Yo, yo, what's up? And then we got Chris Landry in Brooklyn. Peace from Brooklyn. Peace and, from Brooklyn. And uh, legendary DJ Goldfinger from Brooklyn as well. What's good, man? Peace. What's going on? What's good, fellas? Hey, in the building. I really appreciate y'all like coming on on the show right now. Uh, Chris, we've been talking about you coming on the show for for a minute now. You've got a, a long history in New York nightlife. Uh, and a long history with Frank Jugger. Yeah. So I really appreciate you doing this show to help raise awareness about you know his career, his life, and the, the GoFundMe account to help his family. So that's all. Yeah, really, really appreciate that, brother. So recently, we, we Frank Jugger passed, and uh, I think you guys can go into details a, a lot more than I can. But from from me coming into the scene in the early two thousands, late nineties, I know he was known as like kind of like the man on the mic who kept the party live. He was like uh, what I, what was his moniker? Is like the the celebrity's choice, right? Yep. Yeah. Celebrity's choice. The, Ask Diddy. The mic host for the stars. And uh and he did Diddy events, he did Jigga events. He was basically in almost every nightclub and high profile event in New York City. Yep. In Manhattan. In yeah. Manhattan, yeah. And it was Goldfinger who gave him his start in the clubs. Because Flex he was carrying Flex's records, but it was Goldfinger at Club Cheetahs that really put Frank on with the mic at the clubs. I, I can't take all of the credit. Like he was, he was actually. Um, Frank, Frank is really, really. He was really like he always dapped me up and everything, and I appreciated that. But um, I met, I met Frank. Um, you know, of course, he was doing the stuff with Flex, and he's cool with Flex. And um, but he was actually doing parties with Red Alert. Red Alert was actually having him on the mic doing stuff with him. And yep. I met Frank Jugger at Justin's, 
him doing a party at Justin's mm. and he was doing it with Max Glazer. Max oh, Glazer, wow. wow. Yeah, so so this is like this might have been ninety-eight. I saw that Max Glazer uh donated to the GoFundMe account that Jessica Rosenblum and Cassidy created. Yeah. So uh, uh, Max Glazer uh for donating to the GoFundMe account. We appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's no, cool. He, so he was rocking with he was rocking with Max. He was doing um joints with um with Red Alert, and also he was doing joints with Jam Master J. Jam Master J loved Frank Sugar. Mm. So he was going on tour, and he was being a hype man. So he would have set, he would do stuff. I also went on tour with Jam Master J as well, but it, but in different different um a different capacity. Right. You know what I mean? Sugar had his own relationship with Jam Master J, and he went on the tour with him, and it it was just love. You know what I mean? I met him at Justin's, and I just felt like when I heard his voice. It was just flavor. It was just flavor, and I was flavor. Good, and I had and I hadn't played with him before at that time, but I knew who he was because of the whole franchise and mm -hmm. you know the whole connection. With and if him. you could tell the people what year this was, what year was this? This this was actually ninety nine. I could say mm. ninety nine, um, but I had heard of Frank Jigger from way before then because, like I said before, he was with Chuck and he was with Chuck Chillout. He was with Flex. You know what I mean? He was doing Red Alert. You know, that yep. type of stuff. And this yeah. was like the time, this was the time when there was this legend, legendary street where the, all the dope clubs were. Justin's was Diddy's restaurant, right? At the time. Yes. And it was yeah. like right across the street, there was Cheetah's, right? And no, then, yeah. down the block was Cheetah's. Down the block was Cheetah's. And then there was Central uh, Fly right, too, right? Right right next door. Was it was in that area. Yeah. But they were like kind of all together, and I forgot what street it was, like 20-something street, 21st. right? 21st. 21st street, yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the tunnels on Sunday night were super crazy legendary around that whole era, and that was like what Big Cat was coming up, who we also worked with, rest in peace. We worked in the office together, me and Frank Juga and Big Cat, Funk Man, Flex, Big Dog franchise, and this is when the tunnel was reigned supreme. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. So when he was doing when he was doing that when he was doing that at the tunnel, he was getting on early with um, Johnny Walker Red or yep. maybe Riz. Oh man, Riz. I haven't heard that name in a minute, man. <laughs> you know because Riz, Riz at that point when he was doing stuff with at the tunnel, Riz was still there. He was still big. He was still uh, Flip Squad. Yeah. So mm -hmm. big, uh, point, big shout to still, Riz. He, yeah. Big shout to Riz. He was still he was still there and he would get on early burn with them, and then Cap would come. But Cap usually would show up late. So he would get a little chance, and then like if Flex got there, then Flex would get on, and then Cat would come, and then that would be the end of his, you know, his night for the most part. Every day of the week, whatever the hot party is, Frank was hosting it. Can you guys um kind of explain a little bit to like some of the the people outside of New York? I know Frank kind of traveled everywhere, but he was like you know he was definitely like an icon in New York. But explain to some of these West Coast, down South, overseas people. Exactly what Frank I don't, did. I don't, I, don't, I don't really think we have to because you know what yeah. the, the crazy thing about it is, is that New York is like a ter uh, like a a tourist town. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people that was in in town doing business or had to come out or network with the labels or whatever else. Right. They came by and whatever night that was popping, they would go and they would see Frank. You had to. It was it was in, in, inescapable. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of times, like. Um, it was a big, it was a really big conference. There was an EMS conference. And uh, we were doing Planet Hollywood. This must have been 2000, 2000, or it might have been 2000. I remember, 
I remember Meth Bleak was out with Dumont. So that might have been. <laughs> right. So pretty much. And we were fucking demolished in playing Hollywood. And it was like 50 DJs. And he's shouting people out on the mic. Yeah. And I don't think that people was really used to that. Exactly. You know, authentic New York style. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of cats he, he got up with. And then he started working with Def Jam. He kept the contacts with them. And he made like drops and for their, for their, for their mixtapes. Because that what was the, the joint at that time. Right. A lot of people was doing mixtapes still. That's kind of what I wanted you guys to explain a little bit. Because like, you know, Goldfinger, you, you posted on Instagram, uh, you know, saying a couple uh, like um, like amazing uh, words towards you know Frank Jigger you were basically saying that you know he kind of changed the game there there weren't many people on the mic in the beginning there was like SNS Flex Capri Brucey e. B Rest in Peace Starsky Big Cat Rest in Peace but you know he kind of like kind of moved everywhere though you know what i mean like he he didn't just do hip hop he did all types of events but exactly. he was one of the exactly. first de- like the, the first dudes on the mic cuz i I actually spun with him maybe two to three times and I was like I was like, oh shit, like I'm spinning with Frank Jugga. I was like crazy nervous. But he was like, you know, shouting people out, keeping the party going. He he was just ready with every record and I really learned a lot about mic control and everything, you know? It changes everything when Frank is on the mic at the yeah. party. It makes it so much grown more grown and sexy. I, I think he had two great skills talking on the mic at parties. And making women smile. <laughs> yeah, that was a specialty right there. You know, one of the first times I heard him, one of the first time I heard him on the mic was at um, Envy with you go Nice. Like nice. back in, this is like, this has to be like 2000. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Uh, 2000, right? Yeah. The, the thing was, the thing was, what, the, what was special about Frank at that time, and like I was saying, and this is no slight to anybody, but primarily those guys were DJ, so them doing the mic thing was unique to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like Duop, of course, he talks on the mic, but he wasn't yeah. in the clubs like that. And Ron G, they weren't in the clubs like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Kikapri was on the road, so he wasn't really in New York like that. Exactly. Yeah. was on the road. He wasn't in New York like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. it, 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 was, it was just, it was that far and few in between where it kept that authentic New York type of style. Wow. Okay. So Frank Jugger represented that. And mm-hmm. his style was tailored like on some old school because, you know, he had learned from Hollywood and he had learned from Starsky and he had learned from these the older vets on that yeah. type of MC. You feel what I'm saying? So he really loved Hollywood and loved Buck Starsky and Brucey e. B. He really, he loved- really looked up to them. You know, exactly. looked up to them a lot. And then they became his best friends. Nice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you would almost say that he kind of carried that eighties, nineties energy in New York yeah. into the two thousands a little bit, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what made it special because hey, that's what made it special. Yeah. And he had a way of talking on the mic that's not a, too aggressive. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's why I translated to so many different places because it was it was charming. It was yeah. um, it, it was engaging, right? But it wasn't overtly too um, aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. we were able to do a lot of spots and have it to where it's like as soon as you came in, he was like, Oh, they coming in. He made you feel comfortable and you mm-hmm. let your guard down. And that's why a lot of the parties had such a a, 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 a touch and a feeling to them because it's like people were already at home when they came to those spots. Right. And these are regular spots that Make- for, for years that went on for years. Yeah. You get them, Frank? Frank, Frank, I think that he pulled and he had a niche at the right time and he was able to translate an old school sensibility 
to the new style of what was going on with the new hip hop right. and yeah. his forte. He fell right into the pocket when it was time for you to mix the classics or the R and B because mm -hmm. that was his love. He loved classics. He loved R and B. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hollywood and Love Buck Starsky. They were all playing a lot of you know disco, and some people even called them disco DJs. And it's more, it's like a disco old school style of being on the mic and being personable and making the ladies feel good and knowing the mute, knowing the lyrics so they, the records can talk to each other and he can talk with the records. You would think the, the way, the way that, the, that Frank kind of approached things, you would think that he was much older, but he really wasn't. Mm -hmm. So when we linked up and I was playing like eighties or like, um, like, like, you know, new Jack swing and shit like that. He got it because it was like he wasn't getting that from the other guys that he was, you know, you know, kind of rocking with. Right. Because that wasn't their, you know what I mean? Not saying that that was their music, but they weren't playing those records. Mm -hmm. That wasn't their claim for fame. Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. We did a Love Bug Starsky tribute show in my living room on Be Real TV, and we had Grandmaster Kaz, DJ Hollywood, and Brucey e. B, and Frank Jugga in one room live. And wow. I knew with his idols he was doing what he was born to do he had a huge smile on his face it was like what he lived to do he was on the mic with brucey e. b dj hollywood grandmaster kaz like in one room i was like man this is exactly what he's supposed to be like, this is it <laughs> yeah is that online can i find that like, find it on facebook we did club envy for his birthday and on the flyer which is actual factual k slay Master flex Love Buck Starsky, Red Alert, wow. Chuck Chillout, wow. Jam Master J, wow. Brucey e. B, and Man. me How on the flyer. And they all showed up and they all contributed to that party at Club Envy. What year was, was that? Birthday. What year was that? This was 2002. Holy shit. What yeah. a lineup. What a lineup, yo. Uh, yeah. Never, you wanted to ask a question? What was it? Yeah, I was going to ask, ask Goldfinger, how did you guys hook up? Like, who idea was it that um, you guys worked together? Okay, so so basically, when I met him at Justin's, um, New York is kind of, you know, funny. You don't really, a lot of people don't come up and, like, check your style and be like, hey, yo, man, I like what you're doing. You know, we kind of, like, you know, standoffish a little yeah. bit in New York. Exactly, but um, yeah. I went up to him, and I was like, hey, yo. I said, yo. You kind of dope, yo. I like your voice. I like your voice. He's like, yeah, what's going on? He was like, um, you know, I told him my name and he was like, oh, okay. I heard about you, but you could tell that he didn't really know who I was or whatever. It was cool. It's cool. It was, it was cool at that time. You know what I mean? It's cool. We um, all knew who you were. <laughs> he, 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 didn't, he didn't know who I was. Anyway. So, so, so uh, I decided to, to, to hook up with him because I was doing the parties by myself primarily. But mm -hmm. I just wanted to have somebody to say it because on my mixtapes, I would use uh, my, my old boy, Footloose Dre, Footy, if everybody knows. He was the voice on my mixtapes. So I always had like a counterpart that would kind of talk for me or give my shout outs in my career. Mm -hmm. So when I went to Frank, I was like, you know what? Um, let me get your number. And, uh, you know, I have some parties that I think you can know uh, you, we can do. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll bring you up. Our first yeah. party was uh, for Aaliyah. The Romeo must say die. A Romeo must die. Oh After shit! Party. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. uh, album release party, rather. Album release party at the Kit Kat Club. Mm -hmm. wow. wow, man! Yeah, so we made history on that one, and um, it, it, it was magic from there. And we just kept kept going, and 
from there, it just was another party after another party, another party, another party. And then, you know, Envy, then Cheetah and everything else followed. Wow. Yeah, and and Chris, you, you have a, actually a long history with him. You guys worked at Franchise. Uh, yeah, days that, that, uh, that Goldfinger's talking about, the late 90s, we were with Flex at Franchise Big Dog on Fifth Avenue. And, and that's that's a record pool, right? For the, like a record pool, but a marketing company as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where they ran the tunnel out of, and you know the Funkmaster Flex mixtapes oh, really? loud records. Oh shit, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I just yeah. I just used to go there and pick up my my promo records and shit, and I'd have I did, to, <laughs> I did the same thing as well. <laughs> and then I'd get yelled at because I didn't fill out the the what do you call it, the feedback sheets yeah. or whatever the fuck it was. I, I yeah. hated doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> So the, you guys worked together at uh, franchising yeah, at Flex. Days week. Five wow. days a week for years, like during the golden era of like clubs and record labels. Wow. And parties. And, and then you guys now, I mean, more recently, you guys worked together on, on your show, which is on Be, yeah. Real, Be Real TV. It's the DJ mm -hmm. Green Room, right? And it's, it's every right. Wednesday, it's right? Every Wednesday. Every uh, Wednesday. We've done a show every week for the last three years. With the biggest DJs in the world, and Frank Jug is hosting. He's on the mic, mm -hmm. shouting people out. So anybody that really wants to see what Frank does, right? Just go on Facebook and search Frank Jugga Be Real TV. There's tons and tons of shows. You can see him on the mic, rocking it, shouting people out, and you'll be able to see what it is that he does and what makes him so special and what makes him, I think, the best ever. Yeah. At it. And but and then but on your show, he's kind of like the slimmer Frank Jugga. <laughs> Because Frank Jugger yeah, was like, loved, you know, I he think he got sick several years ago. He yeah. got cancer and he lost half of Frank Jugger in weight. Yeah. Like he was big and heavy, <laughs> like too big and too heavy. Right. And he got sick and he lost like half his weight or more. Mm. And, then, and then since then, he's been struggling with different health problems in and out of the hospital, which he never liked to talk about on social media but i was there and i saw him in and out of the hospital on you know life support at different times and i knew it was only uh you know every moment was sacred with him so mm -hmm. we were lucky we recorded a show uh, a few weeks ago interviewing him and focusing on him with marty rock and the jason experience and uh i'm glad we got that done and and they interviewed frank and he broke down his whole history and one of the first things he did was shout out goldfinger yeah. And we're going to, you know, so if anyone wants to see what Frank Jugger did, what made him special, they could just check out any of those shows. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I just want to say what the magnitude of what Frank did. Yeah. I mean, what it meant to get like a Frank shout out. You know what I mean? On mm -hmm. the mic at those spots where you had celebrities in there. Like you had Snoop Dogg, you had Diddy, you had Jay-Z, you had all these different people that would be in these spots. And to get that Hey, girlfriend, or this, that, and the third. He made everybody in the house feel important. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things where if he got on your record and he made a moment out of your record, mm. your record was the talk of the city. You get wow. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like it, yeah. he could put he could put some weight on your record just with the shout outs that he gave. If mm -hmm. he gave you a shout out at the right time, you, you were stamped because mm -hmm. there was a lot of people in those parties that. Wanted shoutouts, trust me. Even yeah, yeah. They wanted those those looks. Mm -hmm. Remember me and Never, me and Never, we used to make fun of because we'd be at the parties and he'd be giving shout outs 
to like all of these celebrities and shit. We'd be like, damn, these motherfuckers are over here. Like, you'd be like, big, big shout to Madonna. We're like, is Madonna over here? Like, what the fuck? Like, we're just looking around and shit. He's just dropping names. He's just dropping names. Shit. And we're like, is Madonna really here? Like, we're I don't like, see oh, that shit. <laughs> yeah, man. If I can, if I can, listen, let me get a, a little story off. Um, yeah. I actually, I think I told you this before on the last, um, podcast but mm-hmm. i met michael jackson because of frank Jugger. so Whoa. we were doing we were doing uh the mtv awards out in la at ron burkle's house he's like a supermarket magnate real rich guy but diddy was hosting the party and uh, we were out there for him and it was the 2003 mtv movie awards so everybody that was hot at the time was there that night and michael jackson lives not too far from there. Yeah. He was actually there just like just chilling like in a pajama suit with some like some loafers. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just chilling. Just chilling. So we don't know this. We don't know this of course. We know this now. I'm just saying, you know, obviously. But uh we were in the booth, you know, setting the tone and this, that and the third. I threw on PYT at that point. Now it's debatable because he always says rock with you. I say PYT, but I, I remember PYT. Yeah. Uh, so so this, what happened was, he says, yo, I'm going to go to the bathroom. So he goes out of the booth. And at that time, Jigga was big. So he was like, kind of like making his way out. And he was kind of, you know, squeezing out of the booth to get out of the bathroom, to go to the bathroom. So all of a sudden, he's like, Harry's back in and like hits me on my back. Really, really fucking hard. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? And he's like, Michael Jackson's out there. And I'm like, what? He said. Look, and he grabs me and he pulls my head down towards the opening where the booth is at, and we see Michael Jackson. We go out. We go out. So from there, we walk up to him, and I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm just like, oh shit, it's Michael Jackson. <laughs> and then Jim is like, you know, he shakes his hand, and I shake his hand, and he says, nice record. And I'm like, that was like the biggest moment. Yeah, and yeah. I was just so glad to share that with Jiggas. Like we were there, and it's like he was just telling me the whole night, the whole night. It's like, yo, I can, I, it's over for me. Like I, I was with Jamas J and Run DMC. I met Michael Jackson. It's over. It's over. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> the best That's dope, man. Crazy, yo. The best I kind of want to push this GoFundMe link for Frank Jigger yep. and his family, right? Uh, so go. Jessica Rosenblum's Instagram page, J Rosenblum, or DJ Cassidy, or DJ Chris Landry on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you can find the GoFundMe in our bios. Okay, and then we'll 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 post it on. Uh, we'll try and post it on our link for like yeah. for a couple of days, so people can watch this video and uh, and donate something for that. Thank for Chris, you, for thank Jordan. you so much. Yo, yeah, thank you, Roe Podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, you guys, man. Yeah. Thank you to his wife, Samara. Thank you to his kids, Frankie Jr. and Madison. We love you. And our hearts go out to you. And, and you have our prayers and condolences. And just I just want to end it off by saying, yo, Frank was a really good guy. Man. He really was a really good guy. And we loved him. And we loved him. And he represented hip hop in the right way. And I and he was a really good guy, man. He was a really good guy. And we love you. We love you. We miss you, Frank. Rest in peace. Thank you Rest guys so much. Thank you. Thank you, my fellas. Thanks, guys. Peace. Yo, big shout to DJ Goldfinger. D- big shout to Chris Landry and DJ Neva, man. I'm I'm really glad uh we got to speak on Frank Jigger. 
uh, rest in peace once again. And it's really important if you guys can donate anything from a dollar to five dollars. So please check the link in our bio. Anything helps, especially if you're from New York. For real, if you if you're from New York and you ever work with Frank Jigger, if you've known of him, you know, donate whatever you can. I know shit is rough right now, but you know, five dollars, ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever you can, y'all. Now I used to be in the tunnel with Flex, but my first club, big up to DJ Goldfinger. I used to do Club Cheetah on Friday and Saturday. Ah, rest of please, Club Cheetah. Then I did Club Envy. This is all in one week. I used to do Club Envy on, on Wednesdays. Friday and Saturday, I was at Cheetah. Sunday, I was at Chaos. Saturday, I was at BB Kings. So I was doing all them clubs. And then, by the way, Diddy come calling. I used to do parties at Diddy's house up in the Hamptons. Oh, oh, okay. And from there, I got Jay-Z. I was doing parties for him and Beyonce. Then Jam Master Jay came calling, took me out to San Francisco, and we killed it out there. What was it like back then? Like Man, I was running around. Like Chris to tell you, I was at Franchise during the day, <laughs> working at Def Jam. Red Alert took me under his wing, and it was all good, and life is good.